I also think this is a better option if, if you want the quick sale. Oh, instead of like a Zillow purchase? A Zillow purchase or an open door. Yeah. It's a much better option. This is Byron Lazine and Nicole White, and you are tuned into episode 157 of The Real Word. Word is up. All right, we've got, I love this episode. It's I gonna, love these topics. It's going to, it's, yeah. I, I like them because I can actually maybe get a word in. Edgewise. Yeah, you're going to be in. You're involved. I might, I might be involved this time. Get in the game, kid. All right, first we've got a racket on migration patterns. The 2020 study is out. Then we're going to be talking about our old buddy. Greg Haig, oh, the Stop so Zillow long. guy. He's what launched us into our stardom. That was the very first real word show. Uh, we have an update on our buddy Greg. And then we've got a marketeer of the week. So back to the old format after the last few episodes, which were kind of one-off episodes as mm -hmm. we did the Brad Inman prediction. Well, we ended we the, the year, Swanapol. started the year. Yeah, we did yeah. all that. Go back, check those out. And make sure if you're on YouTube, you go over to the real word channel as all of our content is shifting over there away from our team page. Make sure you go do that, subscribe, and like. All right, jumping right in, racket number one, the United Airline. No, Van, study. van Lines. Van Lines. I United mean, Van Lines. As much as we do want to fly and travel, yeah. we are not yet. Flying on the mind. <laughs> uh, the 44th Annual Migration Study from United Van Lines is out. This is a 2020 migration study can i ask a question though yeah. um in there does it mention that it goes right like until december 31st 2020 or are they calculating this do they give you any sort of they've been doing it 44 years i'm going to assume that they they've, the they've got year. it figured wow. out okay. okay this is the 44th year and this isn't their first one so they've no, done I, this before I didn't doubt that for a hot second and we've got the top 10 outbound states we've got the top 10 inbound states meaning more people moving in than moving out and outbound would be the opposite of that. Let's put up the interactive map. We'll link it up. Obviously, if you're on YouTube, go check out the link. You can play around with the map. Go ahead, Nicole. No, it's okay. You had a heavy breath there. I did because I was sort of reading, and I guess I just want to make sure that it really is about more people moving out than in. Because yes, on the that's topic, exactly what it is. Because on the topic, it says more than 250 moves in is what. You had to have more than 250 moves to qualify. Anything over that, that was like the qualifying number. If there was less than that amount of moves, they, would, they wouldn't count it. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Uh, and you guys can read those specifics in there, but were you surprised at all? with the moving in states? Um, well, I guess I was a little I was a little surprised because obviously what we've been talking about in Connecticut for most of this pandemic is is this influx of New York buyers. Right. Um, so I was surprised to see that Connecticut actually didn't make it. But Connecticut made the other top 10 yeah, list. Yeah, we had the most moving out. But again, you and I chatted top a little bit about this last week, though, because I think that it's important to realize, too, because, yes, there were a lot of people moving in, but a lot of people actually moving into the state were second buy, second home buyers. So Correct. were they really legitimately moving in? I don't that's a hard one. So it, I don't know if they're counting those. And then again, with moving out, I personally, if I was listing a home, these homeowners had already sort of had a second home that they were deciding to stay in permanently right and then so obviously that would make them a per permanent move 
out, even though they'd sort of already been out. So anyway, there is a lot of underlying. I mean, Possibly. Well, it doesn't get into that much detail. No, it detail. doesn't. It those, doesn't. Those are assumptions. And we made assumptions because when we. Wild and crazy assumptions. When we saw the 2020 numbers for our own particular state of Connecticut, and we were like, oh my gosh, record amount of sales. The Finally, we're not in the bottom of the right. list anymore. I mean, we were the, kind of celebrating. The most sales ever happened in 2020 in Connecticut, the most pending sales and the most total closed sales. Okay. So it was like, I was so excited for this study to come out because it's the first piece of data where it's like, we can really look at how the migration pattern of Connecticut, which has gotten beaten up over the last decade for sure. Yeah. And what happens? We end up the number four for state for most move outs, <laughs> New Jersey, number one, New York, number two, Illinois, number three, and Connecticut four. California five Ooh, rounding we, we beat out California. the top Look five. at us. Yeah, look at that. We beat California. <laughs> I will Way to say go. moving in though, I was surprised to not see Texas on there, but it sounds like they're pretty, they're, they're pretty flat. As many people leaving yeah. as coming in. They so. weren't on the top 10 for moving out and they weren't on the top 10 for moving in. Yeah. Uh, but to your point and the assumption that we're making, this study doesn't go into that much detail per particular state, right. but we're assuming here in our state, we had record sales that, you're right. And what we experienced like with our team is that a lot of these buyers were buying second homes due to the COVID-19 crisis. Right. And so that is a little concerning that people are moving their full-time residency out of Connecticut, you know, for us here, mm -hmm. because it's like second homeowners aren't vested. They can just right. turn that into a rental. They can get out. They're not vested into the community. Well, they're not starting I mean, businesses. That, well, that's the that's the biggest and scariest thing, though, is that they're not vested necessarily in their community. So, you know, in the state of Connecticut, you still have in in, in most towns along uh, in the state, you know, you're still having individuals vote on budgets. You know, it's, there's not a town you're, council that's you're just doing not a budget. You, you, so you don't want your yeah. taxes to go up. So you're saying no to a new school or you're saying which inevitably will. Well, you wouldn't be able to vote on that stuff because you're not a resident of that town. Yeah, Second you, homeowner, you can't vote on that. I don't on think budgets. that's true. That is very true. I don't think it is. That's 100 percent I think if true. you're a taxpayer, you're allowed to vote. I, I, we should double check on that. Well, if you're a taxpayer, in the comments, let us vote. know. I don't you know. You can't vote for president if you're a second homeowner and that thing. That's but, true. But if you're paying taxes, Governor you 100 percent have a okay, say. Okay, maybe you can. Maybe yeah. You know. Okay. I'll, I'll. Maybe we ask the. Maybe we ask the folks. All right, moving in. Let's do the top five there: Idaho, South Carolina, Oregon, and South Dakota and Arizona. So you notice a trend there with four of them. They're states that are surrounding California, which is on the top five move outs. Uh, to round out that top 10 moving in, you had North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, and Arkansas. The other, the other thing that's interesting, uh, Texas wasn't on this list, mm -hmm. but you did have a Brad Inman prediction, a, a prediction a couple weeks ago mm -hmm. where he talked about the exodus, which is highlighted in the top five move out states from high tax states into lower tax states. Jersey, New York, Illinois, Connecticut, California, all mm -hmm. repeatedly on the list mm -hmm. for taxing the living crap out of their mm -hmm. residents. Mm -hmm. And what do you see? You see Florida being in the top 10, no income state, you know, no, no state income tax. Mm -hmm. uh, you but see New Hampshire doesn't make the list. New Hampshire is none. New, ha New Hampshire was flat. Yep. Um, you don't see Nevada, which what you would have thought would have made the list. Arizona's in there. You don't see Texas again, to your point. You do see Tennessee, number seven, mm -hmm. no state income tax. Um, Alabama, number eight, cost of living there, much less than some of these other places. So to Brad's prediction, the exodus out of these Northeast, Illinois, California. I mean, these 
Those five states in particular, year in and year out, are getting beat up for people moving out. You can go to uh, howmoneywalks.com. We've talked about that study a whole bunch of time. People just continue, especially the wealth, exiting those five states at a ridiculous rate. Massachusetts are also in the top 10 for moving. Well, again, states. there's major cities there, too. I mean, we're talking about Boston. We're talking about yeah. Chicago. We're talking about New York, New York. You know, you're talking about... And then New Jersey and Connecticut, obviously, the suburbs that are supporting these cities. So yep. it is... I mean, again, I think that there is obviously a reoccurring theme. But. Check out the link below. Uh, there's a pretty cool interactive map. You can click on any state. You can actually go back and see how that compared to 2019. Ooh, you can go all the way back to, like, what was that, 1983? You can go back on... On the Nin website, it's 1977. Wow. That's, That's kind of, that would be an interesting little shtick. That is very interesting. But you can go there and, and check out your particular state. Uh, and, and it breaks it down, too. The, the primary reasons for moving. Yep. Okay, why they were coming in, retirement, health, family, lifestyle, job, or why they were moving out, the age ranges, and the income. So you can really well, do look, some Well, look, so major in inbound for, the, for Connecticut was... That was in uh, that was 2019. <laughs> so 2020, the, the outbound retirement was the leader. Makes sense. 31% retiring and bouncing out. A lot of people, like if you're on a state pension in Connecticut and you move to Florida, you get like an automatic like 7% raise. Well, and even, Connecticut's still paying you. Well, even if you get, <laughs> even, I mean, I think even if you move up to Massachusetts too, yeah. move right over the border. All you right. You have to pay on that. Um, anyway. Anyways, that's racket number one. Go check that out. United Van Lines, 44th annual migration study racket number two so excited about this one greg haig our old buddy the stop zillow guy you can go back to episode number one, one. of the real word and two and two i one feel like the, there were a few episodes we, we were talking about when he had the big stop zillow push we ended up getting on a uh, facebook debate facebook live debate with greg we flew out to his launch of the Stop Zillow yeah, he movement. Yeah, welcomed to his home. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was very beautiful, Greg. Thank, Thank you for you. that. Thank you, yes. And, uh, and that was really the, the start of the real word. Anyways, the, his he's Stop back. Zillow movement. Or actually, I feel like he've, he's been. We just haven't heard anything. No, he's always been there. He's, he's a very, very he successful real estate guy in Arizona. He definitely bobs and weaves, man. I mean, yeah. bless his heart. And he loves being on video, which is even better. He's super successful guy. Again, beautiful home. Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. He's always had a thriving brokerage. And they stopped Zillow movement, which he collected a whole bunch of donations for, Lots by the way. Money. Went into this company called Buyer Hunt. Buyerhunt.com is still up. We checked that out we today. Did. We did. We kind of got a little euphoric because yeah. the, the, the commercial was still on there that he launched that night. And but that's not the reason we're talking about Greg. That's why he's not, that's not why he's back in our news. Got an email from our buddy JD, follower of the show. JD is also out there in Arizona. JD sent us an email and said, "Hey, you guys should be talking about your old buddy Greg, the Zillow Buster, and his new company. He has a new pitch called 72soul.com. I thought maybe Buyer Hunt turned into." 72 no, but sold. he was smart because he Looks kept like buyer hunt. Companies. He pushed some money into that, but I think the buyer yeah, hunt yep. and the 72 sold are very much married together at this point. Uh, he's on he's on a whole bunch of TVs. He's been on Fox, NBC, Yahoo Finance, Forbes, Business Wire, U.S. News, ABC, CBS, four seventy two. He should sold. add the real word on there too. Uh, now he could he could add the real word next to all of those. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, all right, so this is what JD sent us in email. Uh, they're using coming soon which is what buyer hunt basically that was, was exactly what it was, was glorified yep. coming soon 
to list a home for 72 hours before they allow showings. I'm wondering why Buyer Hunt is still branded and now 72 sold. Is it because Buyer Hunt lost a bunch of money and, and now he's well, re, he learned Hunt, from that? Well, but, and this but, is But Buyer Hunt was based more on getting a buyer lead. He's now working on seller leads. No, no. Buyer Hunt was buyers seeing these coming soon right? properties before they hit the MLS because they were missing out on it. But everything. they were definitely marketing it towards buyers. He wanted to get... He would... Yeah. He, it was it, no, it was it was an advantage for buyers to see properties before they sold out right. from underneath. Right, so he was putting listings on. You were seeing things come on to Zillow twenty four hours yeah. for you know seventy two hours after right. they hit the MLS. Properties already sold. Buyer drives by like, what the heck? I saw it so on Zillow. So you're putting it on yeah, buyer yeah. hunt before you put it on. I, again, I think it's just the name. I mean, I think he's selling. So, anyways, know, sold that, certainly. I'm, I'm wondering if he's just kind of like more catchy. You know, moving over here, learning from past mistakes well, and now he's got this, the job. this company anyways um jd had a client that wanted to see one of the 72 sold listings it was a four hundred thousand uh, dollar listing in arizona they put it up for 72 hours and they had an open house for one hour a one hour open house uh jd and his buyer showed up in the second half and they were the 23rd group through the property. The street was lined with cars, seven to eight groups of buyers and their agent huddling outside talking about the home. So think about how ecstatic you are if you're the seller, right? Uh, are you not happy with that kind of performance? I'm thrilled. Uh, he thought it was brilliant. JD thought it was brilliant. Uh, you bring all these buyers in, you see how much competition they have. Mm -hmm. uh, but the buyers were left feeling like... His buyers. Yep. They, his particular buyer, so there's 23 plus buyers, right? Well, he was at the second half, so double that. And the buyers were left feeling like there was no shot at winning out um, in their particular financing situation. Mm -hmm. And so JD started to think, is this approach good or bad? Does it drive up the price or does it discourage other buyers from even making an offer? He's curious what our take on this approach is. Nicole, what's your take? Is that is it good, bad, driving up the price? If you go on the on the website, the first thing they ask you for is get a price on your home today. So mm -hmm. the process here with 72, home, uh, 72 sold is they're giving you the price of what you've got to list at. You don't have to do any showings. They're saying right here on the website, uh, you know, the advantage here is it's a short commitment. You don't have to sign a long, you know, lengthy listing agreement. No one-off showings. So you're not inconvenienced by a bunch of showings at random times. It's a specific price mm -hmm. and uh, you eliminate uncertainty because of that short period of time. You are going to sell the home for a specific price or more in a short period of time. But there, but the, all the buttons here, get a price on the home, get a price on the home. So you, they send you a price on the home. That's the price, which is going to be lower, by the way. It's, it's the old school mentality. They it, call it schweppying. What is that? Schweppy. Schweppy. Yes, we've been over this term before. Oh, have we? They call it schwepping. You schwepp it. Like you underlist it to drive up okay. the price. It's called schweppying. Well, I would say it's just old school classic way of, of listing a home, right? 
basically you give a seller three prices. Hey, do you want to list in the middle at market value, you know, mm -hmm. or do you want to go, do you want to overprice your mm -hmm. listing and get a very small segment of, of buyers actually seeing your home? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to list it under market value, mm -hmm. expose it to every single buyer possible, expose it to other price ranges that you wouldn't have had at market value or above market mm -hmm. value, get a potential for a bidding war mm -hmm. and drive the price up. They're listing it under market value, getting tons and tons and tons of buyers through a mm -hmm. one hour open house, creating a feeding frenzy feeding. and then a bidding war to bid the price up. Right. So is it good or bad? I think it's great. You love it. I think it's fabulous. Why not? Why do you love it, Nicole? Well, I mean, I guess my my biggest concern here is if I was bringing a buyer, though, is that if it never really got to the price that the seller wanted, I mean, maybe I, I'm assuming that the seller probably doesn't even really have to end up selling in the end either, right? Doesn't say that online, but I'm assuming when they say specific price that if you don't hit your number, right, then you can bounce out. Right. It's sort of, it's sort of, you like can always like, turn down deals. Of so course, yeah, of course, of course. It's sort of like that, like auction, like auctioning a house, right? If you yeah. don't get to a number, you don't get it. But anyway, it's a better way of auction. I think it's great. I mean, I'll be honest though. I don't know that again, if I'm a consumer, I, this is happening right now, pretty much across the country. So I don't know that you need greg72soul.com in order to accomplish what it is that what he's presenting here well um you think you, you don't do? i don't think you need it in particular but he has a strategy yes and a duplicatable formula yes. to getting these homes sold in 72 hours now could you as an agent in wherever pennsylvania yes could you just come up with the same formula and execute on it absolutely yes. Yes. but but for to greg's credit here what a i mean he's been on you know all, all these news outlets what a great branding and, and advertising well, because he has lines and people are talking about it i mean we're getting yeah. emails from jd obviously buyers are concerned about it buyers are feeling like they're being left out i will say i think for the seller it's this is a great a great thing yeah. uh, and in jd's situation you know he was he was his va buyer was concerned so i mean again is it is it is it sort of you know wiping out well, cause Some when you're, certain when you're buyers, like, yes, but I guess for the seller, like hell, if I can get a cash buyer over list price that doesn't want any inspections, dude, I did exactly what I was supposed to do for my seller, 100%. And that's where that finance buyer probably thought to themselves, eh, right. look at all these people, look at all the competition, you gotta imagine there's a couple And as a VA buyer, you're probably 100% financing, yeah, yeah. you thought you were, it was all up against you. Doesn't I do mean, think in that situation, I still would have put something in. If, yeah. I was, if, I was, if I was JD, I probably would have told them to, to write a little note, you know, tell them their story, yeah. pull at the heartstring a little, get them to really sort of I engage with the story. I was never a believer in the letters, but I have seen just so many sellers now want to read the letter, make decisions based off the letter. The, the buyer letter is a real thing. It is. a Well, especially in this market, I think yeah. that, you know, uh, we're seeing a lot of people living in the, the homes that we're seeing come on the market right now are, I, I feel personally, are homes that have been in the family for a while. And they're now finally selling because they feel like they're finally able to get what they can more get than what, what right. Yeah. So I do think that there's an emotional attachment there now to sellers. Obviously, I think that they do want the most money, but I think if the if the numbers are so close and, and there's a little story attached to it, I mean, gosh, it, it just there's so much more vested in it, too. And you can you, you feel like you're making a decision not just based on greed, but, you know, mm. based on like real people, too. It's a huge advantage for the seller. I also think this is a better option if, if you want the quick sale. Oh, instead of like a Zillow purchase? A Zillow or an open door. Yeah. It's a much better option than selling 
potentially below market value, this is your highest chance at getting above market value in a yep. very short and certain period of time. Maybe we'll be hitting up our old buddy Greg and seeing if we can bring 72 sold out here to Connecticut. Hello. You know? That'll be fun. We're coming for you, Greg. Greg, hit us up. We miss you. We, we want to come back, too. We do. We miss Arizona. We do. And your beautiful wife and your children. I remember meeting his son in his kitchen. Yes. Yeah. All right, Greg, props to you. Uh, I don't think it's a racket at all, and, and clearly he's getting a lot of recognition for it and certainly driving a lot of buyers through his seller's home. So good job, Greg. Yeah. All right, Marketeer. We're back with the Marketeer of the Week. <clears throat> this is an Inman article, and it's a compilation of all of the 2021 real estate events, virtual and in person. It's a comprehensive list of that. I past love year it because then you just sort of know, you know, yeah. I like it. Past year has been particularly strange for uh, events as the coronavirus pandemic broke out in the U.S. in March. Months of real estate conferences and minglers. Hmm. Huh. Minglers. You're not. Are you I've a never been to a are mingler. You, are you a, no, but are you a mingler? Like, I think it's talking about people <laughs> that like to mingle. No, it's a conference and minglers. Are you minglers a mingler? were scraped with yeah. little news on when or if. They would be held. You don't again. like to mingle. I like to mingle. Oh, a mingler is. But mm. anyways, I've definitely did a lot of conferences. Sam, I mean, we've been to a few conferences on the West Coast every single year and all over the place. Drivable ones here on the East Coast. I went to the West Coast. You went, uh, yeah, you did. Sam's been to the West Coast more with me, though, I feel like, Maybe. than you. I didn't get nearly you went sunburn once. as Sam. You went one time. No, yeah, you're right. It was <laughs> once. <laughs> you went once. Sam's been what? I don't know. Lots of times. Well, twice. Um, yeah, more than twice. Well, whatever. I would have gone this year. Uh, maybe she says that now because everything got canceled. And I would have went, I would have went to everything in 2020. That was my year. Are you kidding me? Well, I have responsibilities so at home. Too. What's interesting. They've got all 12 months here listed out over a hundred events mm -hmm. in January, February, March. These are all virtual, 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 mm -hmm. virtual. Then you start getting into April. April and there's a couple that there's one in Georgia here. There's one in uh, oh, that Orlando, was Orlando, Florida, yeah, where you start to see in person and virtual. I love that people are trying to be optimistic and positive. It makes my heart happy. Absolutely. You get to May, the T3 Summit, which mm -hmm. I go to every year. Swanepoel T3 Summit, Naples, Florida. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest places ever hmm. in the history of the world. Wow. Is in May. And that's right now scheduled to be in person. I'm looking very much forward to Bufini's that. Buffini's happening still in Arizona. In yep. Love it. You got a DC one in May that is uh, National Association of Realtors. Let us know person. which ones you're going to go to because maybe we'll maybe we'll piggyback them. We'll go. There's one in Love Nashville it. in July. Never heard of it, but it's the real world. Real world. 2021. I mean, real world. You should be reaching out to us. The real word to speak. Seriously. At the real world. In Nashville. I'd love to speak there. Go down to uh, August, and hopefully this stays. You would speak anywhere, though. You like to. You enjoy hearing yourself. Not anywhere, yourself. but almost anywhere. Well, I would definitely. You would. And plan to. Tom Ferry hit me up. Plan to speak again. I've spoken there before. Oh yeah, you're planning to speak again. I am hmm. at the Tom Ferry Success Summit 2021 in Anaheim, California. I'd love to go to a little SoCal in August. So hopefully that is still on the books. Right now it is, according to this list. You could hit up the Soho House again. Yeah, I don't see, think that's see, happening uh, again. See uh, Penn, Sean yeah, Penn, yeah, yeah. your buddy, your buddy Sean Penn. I don't think we're getting back in there. We <laughs> snuck in there the first time, and I don't think it's going to happen again. And maybe we just buy a membership this time. Huge list, over 100 events. Have, you done, have you done a virtual event in 2020? 
I can't no. say that I have. No, I, I can't say that I have. What I don't I'm like not about a good listener yeah. when it comes to that kind of what platform. I, what I don't like about the virtual events, a couple things. One, you're in your home environment, your your office, your your home base, and it's during the middle of a weekday, and yeah. it's virtual event after virtual event. Where it's just when you're out of location, it's a lot easier to say I'm going to the conference room, mm -hmm. I'm I'm forwarding my calls, my emails, whatever. I'm locking down, I'm learning, I'm mm -hmm. collaborating. Well, I'm I think networking. the collaboration is the most important yep. part, though, too, because the amount of people that you meet that you can network with. I mean, that's the that, but that's also the importance of being at in in physically being in work too it, it's very impossible to lock down put all your focus on these virtual events what virtual events i do like that are working is where they go on demand where you can consume that mm -hmm. later on that night in the gym the on-demand stuff so more of like a pot like a pot more of like yeah, a podcast more style. like just turning it into podcast yeah. youtube podcast content yeah. on demand maybe yeah. maybe it's a course something like that mm -hmm. totally cool with that but yeah. these live where you can only get the virtual event live in the middle of your workday on a Tuesday when you're in your workplace environment, they're just not working for me. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking very much forward to getting back to real live events, and uh, I agree. hopefully we get to go to some of these. We're definitely on the books for TF Summit Anaheim. I'll be speaking there. Uh, TF hasn't texted hasn't me about him, it yeah. yet, but I feel like now I feel like that that you know what you know what time don't. I don't don't know. I, I don't think they know for sure if they're having it. That's 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 the problem. Maybe you I'll know? speak. We'll link that up though. You can go check that out and uh, certainly see what events maybe you're interested in 2021. Back to the old format. I'm loving it. Go over to the YouTube channel, The Real Word. Make sure you subscribe there. If you're not subscribed, all the content on our Winning Company team page is going away. Not the old content, but the new content. All right. You good? I'm great. That's it. That's it. Keep it real, guys. Thank See you. See ya.